2: Welcome to it. It's a road show Friday with Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and big thank you to Lincoln Southwest for hosting us here ahead of uh, Southwest and Omaha Westside, the A2 girls district final. Who is head of the state? Uh, the man that let us in and, and set us up, uh, AD um, Sherman is, uh, is, getting everything uh, set for the 6 p.m. tip-off festivities. Uh, So you're invited to hang out with us. Plenty of hoops and football to dive into on a Friday edition of Hale Varsity. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240, 825 5865 can email the show, chris at and always find the show uh, how you want to do it. That's different social platforms with your friends at ESPN 590 in Omaha, KFOR in Lincoln, our friends out in central Nebraska, Cardi Hastings, Grand Island with the ESPN superstation, News Talk 900 in Columbus can watch the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe and like it. Also, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. So, I don't know how many times during the spring and over the years we've we've been at a baseball stadium. Uh, getting ready for, for, for juniors foray into wild pitches. Uh, we are at the, uh, the venue tonight though. Southwest High School in Lincoln, uh, West Side from Omaha comes to town. Should be a pretty good ball game. Mm-hmm. Excited to have that, uh, locally here on KFOR. Guys, Nebraska baseball continues their quest for perfection in the desert. Good outing last night, seven to two. Uh, Nebraska and Minnesota on Sunday. Uh, a jam-packed PBA as Nebraska continues to march towards March. Creighton is at Slick Rickland. Saint John's hosting Creighton uh, an early 11 a.m. Central time. And uh, oh yeah, we have uh, some uh, some special guests to to check in with us today. Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity and Hurdat Sports going to join us. We will get the lowdown on Nebraska and Creighton hoops from him uh, in hour two. The pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports, Bill Dolman, uh, Billy D. going to be with us at 5. Jabba Chamberlain going to be on site with us as Jabba will talk some Husker baseball at 5.25. And then the return of Clausburn We'll have a Friday forecast with uh, some of the who's who of games. Uh, Saturday and Sunday we'll have predictions to, to go wrong. Elijah, you're you're doing all right. Good to see you here. You made it. Uh, the gridlock did not cause any road rage and i'm very proud
3: you yeah, know and i give credit to anybody out there who is driving in their car right now listening to the show i am usually you know at work doing the show i forgot how brutal three o'clock traffic can be so i'm driving across town i know you had warned me a couple days ago for the lincolnites <laughs> you might know this better you'd warned me a couple days ago 56th street was a hellhole uh, as you were trying to get into work a couple days ago that's a quote <laughs> if you're wondering <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like you know what i'm gonna take his advice i'm gonna take 70th street 70th Street was no better. Uh, Lincoln East High School, they were getting out as I was driving by. That was no fun. Uh, you had the, the mess at Highway 2 trying to get through there. All around, you had the roundabouts at like 70th and Pine Lake. Why didn't you just Lake. take
2: the straight shot uh, from, from down? Uh, down Cotner? Well, you could have done Cotner, or why didn't you just take the straight shot uh, on 13th? Well, I was going to try to avoid downtown. Because I, I didn't want
3: to deal with people leaving their downtown. Everybody downtown's, downtown's
2: already at the bar by three o'clock. <laughs>
3: yeah, I didn't know
4: you were driving to New York City to go.
3: Get Rookie. A
2: work at <laughs> everyone everyone that's working downtown oh and it's God. sixty on a Friday, they're on some patio bar asking for another round. Well, no, Let they're already known. on I,
4: eighteen. That's what they're at.
2: <laughs> no, I, I so I
3: umpire in this end of town a lot. We have Dinsmore right here, the Southwest Fields. I umpire here a lot. My usual method is to go through downtown, and I thought about it. I'm like. This time of day, maybe let's not, not. I picked I wrong route completely. Downtown is probably the way to go, uh, but I made it here. We've got a we show should. going. The I was going to say the stands are full for us. They're not. They're absolutely empty. But well, we have a <laughs> fire hazard to literally. our right.
2: There, there are cords and cords and more plug-ins. It looks like Griswold's uh, garage area when 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 Ellen finally got the outside lights to work. That's what we got to, next to us. But, so, if you're watching on the stream and you see some smoke, that is not your Schmitty. <laughs> no, it's it's just what's going on. Don't turn uh, I will say, uh, I know it's uh, Southwest uh, West Side matchup. I have never had any issues getting to West Side or any of the Millard schools, or the Herdat Sports Bar in Gretna or mm-hmm. in La Vista. Smooth sailing. Is
3: that a commentary on the traffic flow? I'm just
2: Lincoln? I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> the the construction that, that is apparent in Omaha has not ever affected my travel time.
3: See, and I know we have people within our, our live stream, and you guys can check in, that live in much larger cities than Lincoln or Omaha, and I'm sure they're just sitting here like, oh, wow, like you guys are you nothing to complain about. What are you whining about, 30
2: minutes? Come on.
3: Yeah, Connor Connor, in, my hand. in Chi-Town. <laughs> uh, me I, on the way to Michigan State getting stuck outside Chicago on the interstate was like an eye-opening experience Oh, it's brutal. Like bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic, and I'm still an hour from downtown Chicago?
2: Oh, no. Vogues and I stayed in a hotel. I think this might have been the Mike Riley media day, uh, first media day 2015. So Vogues and I are up at, uh, geez, I don't know, 4.30 to get in and, and make our way down to the McCormick Center. And, and that's, you know, that area, Connor, yeah. I assume, in Chicago. Really cool area, kind of off by the lake. Is that fair? if memory serves. Yeah, it's just
4: it's just south of Soldier Field, pretty much. Like right. Minute but, walk. Uh-huh, yeah, we should have oh, walked. Oh, yeah, 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 It's yeah. kind of over by where they do Lollapalooza.
2: Right. Yeah. We, we should have
3: walked. It's, it's about,
4: like, 30 minutes Fun south of Fun fact, DePaul plays across the street, so I'm, okay, I'm, I'm there uh, quite a bit.
3: Duly noted. Uh- <laughs> Yeah. How has DePaul been doing this year, Connor? Nah, we can move on.
2: They should drop <laughs> basketball is what uh, some of us I, feel. I, I
3: sent a tweet to Connor earlier this week, and somebody said, man, why are they letting a YMCA team play an NCAA basketball? It's <laughs> the
4: most random stray from one Elijah Herbal ever that I've, <laughs> I've, said, I've ever received.
3: Good. I sent that at like noon on a Tuesday. Oh, just mean.
2: <laughs> Chicago traffic, though, heading into the city even at 4.30 a.m., It turned into 6.30 a.m. real quick uh, just because. Uh, Let's get the shout-outs going. We always do our starting five, the top five or first five in the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube, you're encouraged to to join the stream. Check the show out in that form. If you like, Uh, Brennan from the Black Hills in at one. Uh, Brandon, second. Jeff, three. NU Grandpa coming in at four. Patrick, what's up, Patrick? He checks in at five. And uh, KG Kids for Life is top five-ish. You are right. Uh, so good on all of you for, for being in. Uh, Mike has been uh, getting that, uh, that first-place ribbon much of the week. So good for him. Moonbot in early. Tuck checks in. Elijah, the OG version, not our Elijah. But uh, sadly, no bang-bang sauce, no bang-bang shrimp. We got to get back up to the hurt at Sports Bar. Uh, An Anonymous is feeling a little basketball love. He says, if Kise Tominaga hits a buzzer beater to win the NCAA tournament, to win the Nebraska's first game forever, how many years would CBS use that video for their promos? Uh, and this time of year, you get into February as you loom towards Selection Sunday. All those CBS Sunday afternoon games, the Saturday afternoon games, the prime time affairs, they have really cool production that shows uh, those memories that are made in March. Well,
3: here's a question. Has Nebraska ever been featured on
4: a uh, They've
2: one been shine, featured, a yes. one shining moment? Yes compilation? Well, not not I, a lot in Nebraska.
4: <laughs> I can but, see it now. I can see Christian Leitner, Chris Jenkins to win the national championship. It's K-say. K-say. like all
2: three back to back, <laughs> And then he goes all staff. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> like, awesome. Like Going earmuffs for for minutes upon a time. No, Nebraska had Bruce Chubbick featured in One Shining Moment. Okay. Chubbick did a pre-LeBron LeBron block uh, from baseline to, to window at the other end when Nebraska played Penn back in 94. Chubbick was awesome at those rundown blocks. Great hustle. Uh, we love uh, Bruce Chubbick. But and, he, he was featured, and but sadly, Nebraska lost to uh, to Penn. And,
3: and this is why you never question Chris Schmidt when it comes to Nebraska knowledge, because he just pulled the person who was in one shining moment in 1994 yeah, that was very specific. off the top of his head like it was nothing. <laughs> if, if, if
2: you ever get into a discussion with he blocked with Chris Michael Schmidt, Jordan's shot, not that Michael. I can tell you the player for Penn, too.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. It's exactly what I'm saying. If you're ever sitting at home and you're like, man, I'm going to call in here, I don't think Schmidt got that stat right, he got that stat yeah, right. Trust it. me. <laughs> The final score from 1996, he got it. Uh, Who was the first touchdown scorer? He nailed it.
2: You know, that might be a little bit of a blur. That was freshman year of college. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, so- at least you
4: remember the block, so.
2: Yeah, so yes, there was a feature of one shining moment. So w- let's ask the question. We'll get your input here in the stream, on the phones, and via email. There's a ton going on. Uh, Brian, uh, part of the Boulder Peace Treaty, checks in. Brian Snitley, good to see Christo last night. Stone got going, to at the plate. You're right on. We'll talk in about an hour with Jabba Chamberlain about Nebraska baseball. What's the best time of year? Is it right now? Is it looming into March, or is it March Madness for you as a sports fan? Is it the start of college football season? Is it MLB postseason? Is it opening day that's just around the corner for Major League Baseball? A lot of CWS fans that is so cherished in this state as uh, a lot of the nation descends upon downtown Omaha for the College World Series, and it is always incredible, be it LSU or Jell-O shots or just whatever you're doing. Uh, For the CWS NFL playoffs uh, is (laughs) the world watches the NFL. Uh, So, you know, we can we can kind of chew on that for a little bit for a Friday topic. Hmm. To me, the best time of year. And I've been really lucky to do this for a living there. Life is just different. End of August, come September, when it's football season, when the calendar turns, when it goes from fall camp to. Game week prep, it is fantastic. And the last couple of years have been really unique because one was in Ireland, which was, aside from the game and the international incident with the onside, it was <laughs> amazing to be covering and be a part of that. In Minnesota, we've been up to, to, to Minnesota the last three times they played there. Yes, it's our fault, sorry, but it's it's always a party up there. Uh, right across from the stadium at the graduate where we do our shows so to me college football man and, and it comes back to my my family and just kind of that being uh, instilled part of our fabric where dude it's game day it's saturday you're you bounce out of the the rack and you're ready for for that first bloody mary or you're ready for that first brat, or you're ready for that that first trek into the stadium uh, for Nebraska football, so is awesome. As March Madness is as awesome as state basketball is, is fantastic as the uh, the NFL playoff and, and the viewership numbers are, or the CWS. It's still college football for me. Once college football hits, that's it for me. That that will that that won't ever be taken down from the number one spot.
3: And it's tough. It's tough because I do think like the the first weekend of the. NCAA Tournament of March Madness is absolutely my favorite sports weekend of the year. It's going to be one of those weekends where I am parked in front of my TV from 10 a.m. Thursday up until 9 p.m. on Sunday. Like, there is just wall-to-wall action, and that is just so different. Because, you like, you talk – college football you make
2: it to opening you weekend. You just get one you get one, you get, I mean, one. You, get, you get 12 of them a year you know yeah
3: yeah you get 12 of them a year but you look, you look at the first weekend there's a couple of good games then you're going to have some blowouts and you'll you'll leave the the front of your tv and the problem with the opening weekend in college football is the opening weekend of the nfl is still a week off so you have to like delay it a little bit i understand what you're saying with that time of year the the anticipation in the air for football season is different like you go one week before the start of the football season feels so much different than one week before the start of the NCAA tournament. Different feel completely. But like you talk about that that opening weekend of the NCAA tournament with just all the madness that's going to ensue. Everyone's filling out their bracket on that that Tuesday and that Wednesday, thinking you know what this is the year I have the perfect one. Before your hopes and dreams are dashed, set it on fire by noon on Thursday. <laughs> you realize you're an idiot. And you didn't pick the 15 seed or you picked the wrong 14 uh, seed. Purdue's like, oh, Purdue's going to be solid. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> just give me a <laughs> like, lighter. There was nothing here. like that. And I also put um, Rivalry Weekend in college football up there. Where you get Black Friday, all those historic matchups. You get Auburn and Alabama. You get the, the big Florida, one with, Florida State. With Michigan, Ohio State. So many good games during Rivalry Week in college football. It's hard to not put that up there. Uh, I mean, but then for us locally here, like the week of the college world series electric, where it feels like America is descending down upon Omaha. Mm-hmm. And you should get the buzz in the air for the college world series. It's the warm weather, like especially in Nebraska, it finally feels like summer is here. That is up there too. It's so hard for me to say, but I, I think I might go in terms of an entire weekend, not all of March madness, but that, that, opening that, weekend. that opening weekend of March madness is one of those things where it's just like, you know what? You, you want me to do something that weekend? Ask nope. me next weekend. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not leaving my couch.
4: Yeah, Connor, I w- what do you say, dude? I would agree. I I mean, I've, you guys know this. I'm a huge college basketball nut. I love college basketball. I think March Madness is the best postseason out there just because of how unique and how, you know, just electric, especially as Elijah said that first weekend is. I would go as far as to say I would parlay the first weekend of the NCAA tournament with champion, Conference Championship Week. I think Conference Championship okay. Weekend is awesome because it's kind of the appetizer to what you get to March Madness, and there's bubble games, and you're not sure who's going to make it, and it all leads up to Selection Sunday. I think Selection Sunday could be put up there, for me, as one of the best sports days of the year. I love Selection Sunday. You get the Big Ten Championship and a couple of other championship games sprinkled in there as well, but to me, there's just nothing like the NCAA tournament. I love the buzz of college football as well, just kind of starting that up, and you get the first couple of weeks, and it's all new, and and it's fun, and you kind of feel that buzz in the air again, but... There's just nothing like putting 68 college basketball teams in a bracket and saying, here, go, figure it out. Go beat and, each other. And, and the go best try, part and about, try and predict anything.
3: The best part to me about March Madness is whether or not you have a dog in the fight, whether or not your team's in, you will experience heartbreak. You will experience joy because of the bracket and how ingrained within American sports culture filling out a bracket is. You're always going to experience it. Brendan chimes in, though, here with the Masters. The Masters is another it is, weekend. Well,
2: and you go, you go from –
3: that feels like spring. The
2: NCAA tournament, too. Yep, yeah, it is uh, a tradition unlike any other. Brandon, you're right on. We'll get to more of your stream comments. Jacob Badilla with us at Tail Varsity on the road here at Southwest, powered by Cornhead Logger.
5: And now. And now, back to
2: Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Friday Road Show. We're hosted up here at Southwest, as Westside and Southwest will. Take on one another for a berth in uh, state basketball next weekend. Jacob Badilla with us from Hale Varsity and Herd Ad Sports. He is your authority on high school action as well as Creighton, Nebraska basketball, volleyball. At Jacob Badilla underscore. Jacob, we're having uh, so many folks in the stream weigh in, not only on traffic issues they've encountered. Elijah had some traffic problems on the way here. Yesterday was no bueno for me. Uh, it it is shifted to uh not only uh some of the bigger cities our listeners live in uh outside the uh the immediate area but their favorite t- type of ye- the favorite time of year on the sports calendar is it even a question with you is it march madness is that your favorite time of year in the sports world
0: yeah that's that's probably fair to say um just with especially the, the kind of the the high school state basketball leading directly right. into the tournament. Uh, and then that leads into summer basketball and the NBA finals. So basically, yeah, just kind of it's basketball, basketball, basketball for uh, a few months straight there and uh, it kind of keeps uh, the party going. So good time of year for sure. Do you, the s- uh, do you have a weather starting to get better?
2: Yeah, do you have a second at all? <laughs> a second place?
6: Uh yeah.
2: No. <laughs> Not really. Yeah,
3: He, he, he was going to say the NFL postseason, but he can't because of how the Packers have performed over the past couple of seasons. That's oh, a nightmare. Yeah. we we got a, we got a
2: mouthy Denver fan I I to my right. I I was to
3: be
4: throwing that shade. Not
3: you. I, I live with Packers fans, so I get it. Like, I, I, Why are you I taking out repeatedly
2: on Jacob, though?
3: Because, like, I've, I just have all the jokes ready to go because I live, as I said, with Packers fans. So they're just they're ready to go. It's Packers and Chiefs, like the people I, inter- er, I interact with most this time of year or that time of year, I should say. So the jokes are just on deck, and I, I do apologize. But maybe he deserves it for how he cooks his steaks.
0: Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't have to do this interview. I can say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jacob. I apologize.
2: <laughs> Jacob, uh, let's talk a little bit here with uh, Nebraska and Creighton important games for both if you're Mac and the Jays you want to keep the momentum going let's start with uh, a trip to, to New York and Slick Rickland with Petito and St. John's thoughts on Saturday then we'll we'll kind of dive into Nebraska Minnesota and quite honestly the uh the the task at hand for Nebraska with the four remaining, but let's start with Creighton. And what do you see? Awesome, awesome environment and win against UConn. Can they travel with that momentum?
0: Yeah, the schedule works out nicely for them to kind of really enjoy that win coming off of the, the Tuesday night game, uh, and then still get some good, uh, good rest, kind of re, uh, recalibrate and get ready because they don't have to play till Sunday. So no quick turnaround that they have to worry about where you had to immediately dive right back into the next week. So. Um, this week worked out well for them, um, and also the fact that they're playing in, uh, at Madison Square Garden this year. Uh, it's kind of a nice little bonus here to, to get out there and play in a game there a couple weeks ahead of the Big East tournament. So you get a nice little added bonus for for the game this weekend and kind of where it falls on the schedule. So uh, that being said, it was a one-point game, and Crane had to survive a shot at the buzzer when the two teams played in Omaha. Uh, I think St. John's is playing significantly worse and Creighton is playing significantly better than uh, the first time they played. But um, there are still some matchup things with what St. John's does that um, can give Creighton problems. So they're going to have to come ready to play for sure. But um, I think you have to like your chances with uh, with what Creighton has been doing lately and kind of just the way that so many guys have kind of elevated their game recently.
3: With this Creighton team, do you worry about a, a letdown spot following such a, a massive game? When you think back to Nebraska taking down Purdue, they kind of fell into a week-long lull the following week because of that. I mean, you're riding high. Maybe you're not uh, putting forth as much effort and practice. You think you've made it. Do you worry about that with Creighton as they, they come down the stretch, especially considering the fact that their NCAA tournament spot, while it could always be better, is pretty solidified at this point?
0: Not really, just partially because of the schedule like I said and kind of how it lays out to uh, kind of combat that with what you can do with with your uh, practice schedule and everything uh, and um, you hit, hitting hitting the road against a team that gave you problems the last time you played them uh, and, and it's a veteran team you had a, a lot of guys out there that have uh, gone through a lot of uh, a lot of college basketball at this point and have seen the ups and downs and I've had to experience uh, success in, in handling that. So um, I, I think their maturity and kind of the, the age of the, the leaders on this team, uh, coupled with the way the schedule played out, should minimize the, uh, the, the chance of any kind of letdown like that. Now the question is, can they come out and, and play well? Um, I, I, think, I think the answer will probably be yes, but you never know on the road.
4: Jacob Padilla is with us on Hill Bar City Radio. And Jacob, turning over to Nebraska here, three straight wins, you finally get that elusive road conference win at Indiana by 15. and then now you look ahead to the next four, and we were briefly talking about this before we got on the show here today. what do you need from Nebraska out of these next four? Is it four and0? Oh? Is it three and one? Is two and two a little too risky? What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think obviously four, four and0 oh would be great. Um, you, you definitely don't want to lose uh, at Michigan just with the season they've had. Uh, it's hard to know what to make of the, the trip to um, Columbus now with the, the coaching change at Ohio State. Seems like maybe that, that'll get a little bit tougher there. Uh, you, you definitely want to get these two on the road, um, or these two at home. Minnesota's probably the best team that you, you play remaining in terms of, all right, if you can afford to lose one, but that's at home, and you've already lost to them once. So I think if maybe you get out of here with a 3-1 a and one record, Maybe you drop that one at Ohio State, then you'll feel fine still. Um, a four, uh, two and two record w- would it be great? I, they, they've probably done enough now um, to be okay going into it. But just in terms of the way the team is playing, um, it, it's not like you're you're facing any of the the, the top teams left. So I think you got to go into this just hoping for four uh, and zero. Nebraska is better than all four of these teams. Uh, it, the way they're playing right now uh, and where they are at this stage. Um, it, it's just a matter of they got to go out here and execute and prove that, which they finally did that uh, against Indiana because, that, again, that's a team that Nebraska is clearly better than. They're 2-0 against them. They've handled them both times, and they found a way to go do what they're supposed to on the road for the first time. So if you can kind of carry that forward, then they've got a chance to kind of close out the season the, the way you need to.
2: Jacob, who are you buying stock in? for Nebraska down this stretch? Uh, give me a player or two you, you'd be betting on to, to kind of help carry the load for Nebraska because they've had a different hero, it feels like, every night. They've had some constant heroes as well.
0: Yeah, that's kind of uh, the, the, the kind of identity of this team where it hasn't been one guy. Um, I think Casey he, he's led him in score. in the last two games. He's starting to, I think, be a little bit more consistently impactful. Uh, whereas maybe early in the season, it was kind of up and down. He had that kind of little three-game slump there in the middle of the year. Um, he's starting to be that guy. And as we saw in that last game, went off in the first half and then uh, drew a lot of attention in the second half, and that opened up things for other guys. And so that's kind of, I think, the, the recipe for this to work is, all right, Casey, um come out here, see if you're feeling it, uh, go get some big shots, and then as defenses have to really focus on you, now you got Jamarcus Lawrence hitting shots. Now you've got more room for Rink mass to operate. You've got Bryce Williams' chance to go one on one with less help. Um, so that that's kind of I think the the key to this team. It is going to be I think you're looking at Kase and Bryce particularly. I mean Bryce had a rough one a couple games ago, but he's more he's kind of emerged as a guy that need a bucket. He's going to step up. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to kind of be that consistent guy that's handling the ball, that's getting getting your offense a little bit. Um, so you're looking at those two and then uh, everybody else matchups and how they happen to be feeling that day. Because, I mean, Jamarcus Lawrence, that was a great game. Obviously went five for five from three. Um, the, the kind of switch to the bench does change some things for him, but it's not like he's been lights out ever since he went to the bench. He's had a couple rough ones as well, and he's had a couple good ones. So that's what this team is. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be the same guy every single night. You've got a few guys that you can rely on that are going to be at least – Like uh, Juwan Gary you know what you're going to get from him he's going to go out there he's going to play hard he's going to give you some buckets on cuts to the rim going to go grab a couple of uh, contested rebounds Um, but beyond that like in terms of just offensive production it's kind of uh, depends on the matchups and who's playing well that day.
3: Have you seen anything in particular from Jamarcus over the past couple weeks I know you said it hasn't been perfect since he's went to the bench but what have you seen that's flipped? Because his game does look different now than it did at the beginning of the season. Is that just confidence? Is there anything in particular Nebraska offensively is doing to try and free him up? What have you seen with his game?
0: It, 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 I mean, I think maybe there's just a little bit less responsibility uh, on him as kind of Bryce does kind of ha- has stepped more into that, that ball handling role. And that's allowed him to play off the ball a little bit. And they run so much of their offense through the bigs at the high, uh, at the high post that, it doesn't require as much of Jamarcus as kind of the primary ball handler where uh, maybe there was a little bit more of that early on in the season. And he, I think, was trying to to feel it out too. He's like, all right, I got to play point guard now. And you can see him trying to uh, be that guy, really pushing the ball in transition, trying to, to get them into their offense or whatever, just wasn't able to hit shots for whatever reason while doing that. So um, I think just less responsibility on, on him with other guys kind of emerging as the, the primary playmakers for this team um, makes it a little bit easier for him so that he, when he goes out there, he doesn't have to do as much. And he can focus on doing a, uh, a few things well, as opposed to just trying to be the all-around point guard for this team.
2: Jacob, about 90 seconds. What's uh, on your radar for, from the high school ranks and see? And I know it's district finals for girls, and I know there's district uh, tip-off for a lot of the, the boys.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm going to go to uh, Lincoln Northeast at Papio South tonight, just uh, not too far from my place here. I know you guys have, uh, should have a pretty good one there um, down in Lincoln. Westside's got a few players that that can uh, really get going. So, t- yeah, tonight's the, the Class A district girls are taking over the schedule, and then I honestly – it's it's so tough this time of year because there's so many games and you can only pick uh, so only many one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't like I know what the schedules Just went live last night. I have no idea where I'm going to be on Saturday because there's so many options. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun time of here. Uh, here is, it's kind of for a lot of teams. It's win or go home. Uh, it's still uh, in Class A. You got the wild card just kind and of hanging out there. But you definitely prefer not to rely on that now. So into district finals now, and everybody's playing uh, for the chance to go on to state.
3: Jacob, last thought, 10 seconds. If somebody's sitting at home, they want to go check out some basketball this weekend, what is the one team in the state you recommend they go check out?
0: Oh, geez. Uh, uh, One team. Needs more than 10 seconds for that.
2: Yeah, you set me up
0: for that one. I don't even have a schedule here. Uh, (laughs) uh, At Jacob
2: Badilla underscores where you find out on Twitter. (laughs) There
0: you go. Yeah, let's do that. Good segue.
2: Jacob, you take care, bud. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is Jacob Adilla with Hale Varsity and Herd at Sports. We'll dive into to Nebraska's to-do list on the way with Hale Varsity.
1: Hale Varsity Radio is live now. Back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah,
0: you want me to speak? When I point you, yeah.
1: On Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back with you it's Hale Varsity Road Show here at uh, Lincoln Southwest, Omaha West Side and uh, Lincoln Southwest for who gets to go to state. The A2 District Final, we'll have that here locally on KFOR at 6. Elijah Herbel, Chris Schmidt on the road, Connor is chained to the studio, but uh, he is with us on the stream. Hale Varsity YouTube, where you can watch the show, catch the show on the Hale Varsity Radio Network, an affiliate near you to check out. And we appreciate everyone tuning in. More comments in the stream. Hail varsity! YouTube, like and subscribe. Check that out. As uh, it, uh, we will get into traffic and uh, the the best uh, season on the sports calendar is it March Madness? Uh, I like what Brian like says one. here. Brian's nailing it after Husker football, and my uh, my case will always be Nebraska football or college football that opening weekend. Uh, But Brian's right. After football, he says it's Cubs opening day. I would love to get back to Wrigley. Last time I was at Wrigley, as a family we went, and this is going to date me. But Ken Griffey Jr. was playing for the Reds. And he hit a grand slam. We all went as a family. It was incredible. Been to Wrigley a lot in my life. It's wonderful. We need to get back there. We need to do a show from a rooftop, and we need to do a show from uh, the Lodo, go to a Coors Mm. Field uh, field trip. I think that'd be great. We went to, to Coors to see the Padres a couple years ago for juniors baseball. Uh, same time the Avs were playing for the Stanley, and it was just a party down there.
3: <laughs> we'll go to Denver live from the dispensary. It's Horse <laughs>
4: Radio. <laughs> I was hoping you guys could do a show from either the Cubby Bear or Murphy's Bleachers. When you
3: I still
2: it. have a T-shirt from the Cubby Bear.
4: Well, there you go. You can this wear is, it.
2: I, I still I still can wear it, and the thing is. Uh, Uncle Mark uh, says he's in for the Wrigley trip. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, Connor and I were actually talking about this after the show.
3: Connor was done with his work, but he was still on the clock, so he was trying to obviously kill some more time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, didn't, you, did, just...
4: you didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: prank caller, prank caller. Hey. No, but uh, anyway, we're talking. I've never been to to Wrigley. My The only two ballparks I've crossed off my list in the MLB are Kaufman and Coors. Okay. I've, I've been to Denver. I've been to Kansas City. I've been to nowhere else, so. Uh, Those are two. I've heard great things ones, about though, Wrigley.
2: You've been to. I mean, Wrigley like is just
3: else. Wrigley. That's what I'm saying. The classic feel of Wrigley is something that I need to go go experience.
2: We go see our our friend uh, Mike Riley, not that Mike Riley, uh, part of the original Average Joe crew, uh, who lives in Wrigleyville. He would he would find a spot for us. i Have never, uh, Cotter, Have you been to the rooftops or have you just found your way in inside Wrigley?
4: I've never been on a rooftop. Fun fact, though, and I have my dad's like press pass ticket thing, but he was on a rooftop for the Bartman game in 03. (laughs) So, a little bit of bad juju uh, associated with that, but hey, they won anyway, so, but no, I've never uh, been on a rooftop.
2: Have you sacrificed a live chicken and, and drank some of Joe Boo's rum and then burnt <laughs> yeah. that press pass to exercise the demon? Thankfully I didn't have to,
4: and I was also spoiled. I only had to wait like fourteen years for them to win the whole thing. So Yeah, look at you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Connor the Cub fan, no one wants to hear belly ache about hey. the Cubs need to win. Speaking of,
4: of rooftops, I'm looking at the
3: weather this weekend and like a Midwestern tradition like no other is to go hop up on your roof with a lawn chair and go drink some beers. I might have to this weekend. That'd be too trashy.
2: No, you just don't fall. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're, too you're, you're, you're all
3: right. I feel like everyone in the Midwest has done it at least once, taking a ladder up to the roof. No. Set up, no?
2: No. Never really? done that? Never been on the roof. What? Ever. Ever disappointed. I'm a, bad, I'm a bad heights guy. Uh, buckle up. I would need a seatbelt. Uh, use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Back to the traffic discussion. Uh, Montana Husker fan uh, for the win. My work commute's only five minutes. <laughs> uh, while, we're, while we're picking out road trip tours, we got to get to Helena. I would love to go to Montana again. Beautiful country. It's uh, pretty awesome. Tuck checks in, and we have figured out where. Uh, what's the uh, Venango? Vin- Vin- Venango? Venango. Venango. Uh, near the Colorado border, I assume, Tuck. No stoplights uh, in his town, so he's all good.
3: That's one of those towns that I didn't actually know was in Nebraska. No offense to Tuck. That's it's, not, it's all right. not one that was on my, my repertoire. I need to know what the, what the fair, best like bar eight there is. It's hours west. There's, there's, no, there's no stoplights there, but we need to know what the best bar is and add it to the Hale Varsity Radio small-town
2: bar tour. We, we have a lot of to-dos. Uh, let's, <laughs> we have let's, a lot of
3: grand ideas and not enough time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, need a car, we need a credit card and uh, someone to fill up the gas. Speaking of the to-do, Nebraska, what is there to-do? We'll get into this with Bill Dolman as well, but we touched on it with uh, Jacob. Listen, Minnesota has been surging. They've not been perfect, but Minnesota is going to be a a tough ball game Sunday night for Nebraska basketball. When we talk about tournament hopes, we know that they're in for now, right? That could change. It is uh, fluid. Rutgers has faded quite a bit. They're not playing as well as they've been. They got drilled by 30 uh, against Purdue on the road. Purdue took out some, uh, some anger (laughs) on poor Rutgers last night. So, what's likely? Probably three and one. That one loss, though, can't be to Michigan. Uh, in in my opinion, you can't lose to either Minnesota or Rutgers. You got to stay uh, Big Ten perfect at home. Uh, I think four and o oh could happen, but three and one likely. Uh, Nebraska fan, when it comes to basketball, secretly in the back of your mind, you're probably worried about two and two. Yeah. Two and two means to me you need to in Indy for the big uh, 10 tournament.
3: And the the one thing I'll disagree with you on there is if you go 3-1, and one, I think as long as the loss isn't to Michigan, you're still all
2: right. So you lose at Ohio State, who's still, what, 65-70 net?
3: Yes, it, it's quad one on the road as it stands right now. That's not a horrible loss. You'd like to have that one. Tight loss. Minnesota is, again, surging, as you said. I, if, if you can go beat Ohio State, I worry less about a, a Minnesota loss. It's like if you go lose... On the road at Ohio State and Michigan, that's when I start getting concerned. I could still even see some scenarios, as you said, with the Big Ten tournament still upcoming where you can make it in if you lose to Ohio State and Minnesota or, or Ohio State and Rutgers. Like, I can see it. Becomes a little bit more difficult. It, it, one and three is where, you, okay, you're now out. If you go one and three over the final four, that is where I can confidently say you're out. Two and two, I think there's still some scenarios, depending on who the loss is to and depending on what you do in the Big Ten tournament, where you can make it in. Three and one is the one where I think you feel safe as long as that one loss isn't to Michigan. And even if it is, that just means you'll need to do some work in the Big Ten tournament, I think, to, to get some quality wins back and get it back on your resume. But like one and three is disaster. Two and two is where it becomes dicey to me. Mm-hmm.
4: Two and two for me, the alarm bells start going off.
2: That puts you out. I mean, yeah. I'm in, I'm in agreement with uh, both both of you.
4: I think I think if you go two and two, I'm getting I'm getting pretty concerned because obviously, yeah, you still have the Big Ten tournament. And you have to make noise, like you have to make noise in that if you go two and two. In my like opinion, like
2: semifinal noise.
4: Yeah, because look, I I know Nebraska's been in the field in a lot of brackets for a long time, but they've also been stuck on the bubble in a lot of brackets. For a long time you have to try and get off that bubble i know you're in the buy category of said bubble you're not in the last four in but if you could just get yourself off of that and again like if you go four and over the last four that gives really the committee no choice i mean well, if you, you go ha- four and over the last four you might finish second in the big ten yeah and that gives the committee no choice but to put you in so i honestly think like yeah three and one is great but you risk losing to michigan I think I want to see, I think I need to see 4-0 because you got to put the foot down.
2: Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Roadshow Friday. We're here at Southwest ahead of the district final. West Side and Southwest. We'll wind down Hour 1 at Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager.
5: And now, and now,
2: back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hour 1 at Hale Varsity. We're on the road here at Lincoln Southwest. District final action, West Side is... Here, they're in their warm-ups. They're just kind of hanging out on their side of the bench. as west side and southwest here uh, a little bit after six. So classy or trashy when we talk about roof beers, Elijah. Uh, Eat Beef has chimed in. Uh, Been roof drinking many times. It's bougie, not trashy. Man of the people. I like uh, eat beef. I've just never I, – I, I have a patio. I don't climb up <laughs> on my roof. Scott's got a good sentence. point. <laughs> What's up? Scott's got a good point here with this comment. Roof and beer should never be used in the same sentence. If Scott is bringing some clarity and safety Not to wrong. the situation. Well, my,
3: my grandpa, God love him, um, still with us. He's fallen off two roofs in his lifetime. Wind? Who? Yeah, uh, construction and, yeah, uh, don't, hold the, don't hold the plywood. Uh, to, to the wind, it'll catch you and it'll carry off, so d- don't do that.
2: Brandon checks in. As long as you get uh, Minnesota at Michigan, you're good. That's what he thinks. Well,
3: one thing to discuss is, Schmidt and I kind of discussed during the commercial break, is don't look now, but Nebraska has an easier home stretch to their schedule yes. than the three teams that are directly ahead of them in the Big Ten mm-hmm. standings. Like you look at Illinois, Northwestern, Wisconsin— Tough Nebra- finishes. Ne- ne- Nebraska's had an easier finish. Now those teams have to play each other a little bit, so there's guaranteed to be some wins ahead of you. But the path to finishing second in the Big Ten could still be there if you take care of business and go four and zero down the stretch. That's a lot to ask, and you'll need some help, obviously. But it is there.
2: You know. I, you know what? What? And you hate to bring this up for Sunday because uh, Nebraska's been, you know, pretty much bulletproof at home. But if they. And Minnesota's playing good basketball. If they don't get it done, think about that invincibility feel. It's gone. Your pucker factor gets a little higher because then you got to go on the road to Ohio State. And if you don't get Sunday done, you suddenly have a real high possibility of dropping two in a row and all these good vibes are gone. Eric's but, asking, what's the highest seed you think Nebraska Bulls capable of getting? Fellas, as we sit I'm with Connor. I, I think what did you show me? Did you Seven. show me two? okay, I thought you no, what not fingers two. are you not using? Two. <laughs> Connor. Not Connor number told 1 either. Me <laughs> uh I, I think I think if they win the Big 10, they go on the old uh, Danny Mead tribute in 94. I think they could get to a six, maybe a five. Yeah, I agree you, with that. Yeah, I bet you they well, get it, as it, high as
4: a
3: five if they do that. It, it depends what their path to the championship would be, though. If you go through both like Illinois and Purdue, it's better than if there's some upsets in the Big Ten tournament and you're going through Penn State and Minnesota and Iowa. Like, it feels I mean, a little different, so it's kind of subjective in that mm-hmm. sense. Depends who you go through, but I'm I'm with you. Seven or six, I think. Should you go win the Big Ten tournament is there? That's a lot to ask for. But I think realistically, you look at this finish to the schedule, Nebraska should have motivation in that a double-buy in the Big Ten tournament means a lot to just be on fresh legs. Teams are playing their second and third games by the time you're just starting out. That motivation is still there for Nebraska. Obviously, you worry about them losing that invincibility factor at home, which the confidence goes a long way. But if you can take care of business in your Final Four, uh, which, I think they can with the motivation factor. As I said, double by Nebraska in the Big Ten. Nobody is it's, great. It's
2: something to watch out for. Double buy probably gets you to an eight or a seven. Kent emails in Chris at demanding four and zero. Oh when top ten teams are under five hundred on the road in conference, really, I know that's a, it's a large demand, Kent, but it's a lot of who you get. It's necessary. It's a necessary evil for sure. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. He uh, kicks off Hour 2 Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager.
1: He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor.
7: I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating.
1: Now with Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Prada Fairberry is with us. We get our two going. We're live at Southwest. West side is here at Southwest is they come in number two in the state. And uh, we will see who's in PBA to get uh, girls state 2024 going. of Fairberry, Bill Dolman, NBC sports, the professor at Bill Dolman on Twitter, Billy D. How
5: we doing, man? I'm fine. Thanks for the explanation. I thought you guys were like in line at the DMV or something or, been called to jury duty. You're like in some <laughs> legal building, but okay. Jury so duty a was a nightmare.
2: They about canceled the trip to Colorado in 2019. Can I uh, <laughs> can I reschedule, please? Uh, but uh, yeah. Speaking of, I got a letter about like jury
3: duty, and then they never follow, like I, I filled out like the online thing, and they never followed up. So I assume I'm good, right? Like, well, bail you out if you're not. <laughs> I I just I don't know. It's supposed to be last summer. And I fill out like the online questionnaire, and it said like they'd follow up with more info, and they never did. So I assume they just didn't select me.
2: That's all right. I, I think I, I would feel blessed. The
4: criteria.
2: Right, Bill uh, got an email in from Todd. Uh, he is weary about Michigan, Nebraska, and uh, Michigan getting their their best player, Doug, back with the most unique spelling of Doug. Uh, he says we'll probably lose out and then win big the team the, the, win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, probably just to feed the hospitals with more heart patients. Uh, <laughs> let's get into uh, the Nebraska question and topic. I respect the confidence. Yeah, I love. I love, I I, I love, Todd. I love Todd. I love Todd's uh, uh, bet in the Big Ten tourney. But what do you need down the stretch from Nebraska?
5: Need not to lose. I think that so would be a four and a, a good, good uh, positive step. Um, Look, the, the most challenging game Nebraska has left, or it should be, is is the game on Sunday against Minnesota. The rest of the schedule, when you take a look at it, is 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 user friendly in opponents. Because what do you have? You have Minnesota, uh, a team that you should be seeking revenge on after losing uh, an ugly game earlier this season. Then you've got uh, you're at Ohio State, a, a team that yeah did pull off an upset victory the other day, but. I can't imagine that that's going to completely turn their situation around. Uh, then you've got, what, a, a couple of days off. You go Sunday, Thursday, Sunday back home for Rutgers on Senior Day, which should be a fairly emotional uh, game because you've got Alec, even though he's been around for one season, I think people have really taken to him, especially because he's local. Uh, Kisei Tomonaga, he's a beloved player in Nebraska war now. Uh, I think it's going to be emotional for that Rutgers game. And Coleman, of course, is also a senior. But then you go on the road. You've got another week before you go to Michigan. So at Nebraska goes Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and Sunday. That's a lot of time to play those four games. If you go back when Nebraska had its biggest struggles this season, after the win over Purdue, they had to play. They went like Tuesday, Friday, on the road to Iowa. That wasn't easy. You're coming off a major win, and then you got to go over to Iowa with a travel day and all that. I think there was some bad weather, as I recall. Yeah. And then the games, Connor, that you called, Nebraska beats Wisconsin and then turned around and plays like like Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, like three games in a six-day frame. Yep. And they lost a couple of them. But the, the, the stretch for Nebraska going into the Big Ten tournament, it sets up pretty well for them to get healthy, to get some wins, you know, wins, momentum. And then whatever happens in the Big Ten turning should happen. But the bottom line is now Nebraska is the hunted with Minnesota trying to improve its resume to get into the tournament and Rutgers trying to improve its resume to get into the tournament. And it's shocking to think that Nebraska is the big hurdle, that Nebraska is a hunted team at this time. But for Minnesota and Rutgers, winning in Lincoln would go a long way toward getting them in and perhaps snacking Nebraska out.
3: Yeah, Bill, and kind of to your point, I think, not knowing the lines off the top of my head. Some of them haven't been released yet. You would assume that Nebraska would be favored in three, if not four, of their remaining games down the stretch. But there's still that thought out there. I thought we talked about last hour, and I thought that I think a lot of Husker fans have that, man, Nebraska could still find a way to screw this up. I mean, we're talking, what do they need to do? Is 2-2 two two good enough? Is 3-1 good enough? Where realistically, Nebraska is a better team than all four teams that they have remaining on their schedule and because of that I finished hour by saying you know what Nebraska could still potentially play its way into finishing second or third in the Big Ten it's not unreasonable when you look at the schedules of the teams that are ahead of them so I want to get your thoughts that concern with these final four games is that well founded based on what we've seen this year or is that just the Husker PTSD kicking in from all the years of heartbreak being a Husker fan
5: (laughs) since Jerry Bush was the coach um, look, I think we all need to know that we got to prepare for those uh, first eight minutes of the uh, uh, what was, uh, the Indiana game because it's in the second half that it's going to happen again, right, with this team. But I think what they did at Indiana was significant, you know, to to blow a 22 point lead, get it down to the cusp of a tie or trailing, and Hoiberg not stolen that ball away, right? Uh, and then as quick as they were, only that that lead went from 22 to three. As quick as that happened, they were back up by 12, and they went it by 15. So I don't think you have that team that probably has it, yeah, we blew the lead, and it's just going to happen again. What happened at Minnesota? What happened at Rutgers? What happened at Illinois? All that. I think the 15-point margin of victory and the way they bounced back at Indiana, I think that plays fairly well. At least it should play well in their psyche. But yeah, they need to go to Ohio State and win and not battle for a win go out there and win you're the better team and Michigan you can't lose to Michigan that's that that team is also a disarray you've got a couple of places that are going to have new head coaches if not three in this league right with Ohio State Michigan and uh in perhaps Indiana you took care of them already
4: yeah I agree Bill I think that you know if Nebraska has a stretch like this in say Early December, you maybe excuse a loss or two, but now that you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, you're better than all four of these teams that you have left, at least on paper, and I think that they pass the eye test too. You have to beat them, I think, because that only strengthens your resume, obviously, for March, but it builds momentum going into the tournament. You mentioned the time off that they have on top of that, and you can prove that you can string wins together on home and on the road when you alternate. And I think that's going to go a long way for the committee when we come into March.
5: Yeah, the, the Nebraska's resume is who else has wins over, what, a pair of top six teams this year, even though they were at home? And, you know, I, that's that's a big deal at this time of year. They're going to be looking at those and, and the the you know the size of victory, all of that kind of stuff. Nebraska's probably going to finish with at least 20, 22 wins on the season, at least 21 wins on the season, wins over a couple of the top six teams. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're going to look at, you know, they're going to look at their resume without the name on the at the top of the sheet. They're just they'll look at the stats. Right. And they go, well, that's a pretty good basketball team. And look at the wins that they have. It's not going to be oh, it's Nebraska. I don't think so. Right. That's for the pundits to talk about. I think Nebraska black and white resume looks pretty good. And it, it's only going to get better if they go to at least two and two down the stretch.
2: Pride to Fairbury, Bill Dolman with us here. Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. The A2 District Final follows us. It's Omaha West Side on the road here at uh, Lincoln Southwest as uh, they are vying for a spot at PBA next week. Bill, going to go to college football. Tis oh, real, the season. Real,
5: real, real quick, for those people who might be watching on the stream, uh, did somebody just confiscate Elijah's backpack like <laughs> they, they took Judge Reinhold's in stripes because he was holding.
2: <laughs> no, people holding are at the bus station in the stream. People are accusing Elijah of, of having a backpack full of Cornhead Lager. It we has, are powered by Cornhead Lager, just not at the high school during the show. It has
3: my notebooks and nothing else. Let's, I'll, I'll open it up for you guys. No beers in
2: here. Uh-huh. I'm not worried about shikly
5: ditchweed stuff. or something, but nevertheless, go ahead.
2: There we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, a thought here as it's fundraising season for NIL, and uh, <laughs> I want to get your take here on Nebraska from a from a legislature standpoint. You've got different rules for different states, Bill. It's not uniform. It's the Wild West. Uh, we all heard Johnny Football talk about bagmen this week. Uh, I want to get your take though on on uh, Governor Pillen and LB 1393 and and the long and short of this is giving Nebraska more power to directly the university work with their student athletes when it comes to UNL uh, or when it comes to NIL and uh, interested to, uh, to get your take. You've spent a lot of time in the athletic department uh, in your career and this isn't an oversight thing to me and Trev talked about it this week, Trev Alberts but more so of a a protection because nebraska while they have 1890 which is fabulous there's a lot of places around the country that have shady collectives that end up promising the world and delivering 10 cents on the dollar would it be better for the universities to directly handle this with their student athletes
5: that's uh, what nebraska
2: is proposing
5: but look at the look at the ruling that just came down what just a couple of hours ago with virginia and tennessee the judge basically, in his ruling, said the NCAA no longer has any power. I mean, that, that that seems to be, and again, this just came down a couple hours ago, right? So Nebraska is being proactive in terms of how the game is about to change even more. We've been going through the conference realignment stuff. We've gone through television contracts and the hundreds of millions of dollars that are going to come in. We know that there's going to be there's a facilities arm race going on. Uh, We know that the Big Ten and the SEC are creating their own Super League of Football, right? But with this thing that's coming down now, and people really, really need to pay attention to this, the Tennessee and Virginia rulings that basically say student athletes can now start negotiating before they even step on campus and sign on the dotted line. I mean, you're talking about high school kids that have high NIL values or perceived values, and they're gonna be able to cut deals and work with collectives and schools and boosters. And it's just, its look, this is just preliminary from what I've read so far. I'm gonna go do a deep dive on this. But the bottom line is kids are gonna be able to make deals before they sign national letters of intent from the way I read it. And eventually schools are gonna have to say, we're gonna have to sign you to a contract to become university employees under contract. So it might be a deal where this recruit signs a three-year letter of intent, maybe four, but maybe a three-year letter of intent to play football at Nebraska or three with a fourth-year option, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that they sign a, instead of the five-star quarterback for a three-year deal, they sign him, but the, the quarterback number two they want, they're going to sign to a one-year contract. And all this is, come. I'm telling, you, this is what's going to come down. You're going to have unions getting, in, you know, created. But Nebraska is all in. We know that, right? And so whatever Governor Pillin and the legislature is wanting to do is only signifying that whatever the rules are going to be, Nebraska is going to be all in with their toes on the line. And when they start moving the line, They're going to move right there with it. They're not going to be at the back of the pack in this game anymore. Not that they ever have been.
4: I'm just going to say this. Hearing Bill talk about money and legislatures while I can hear Cotton Eye Joe going in the background is pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And that just made my day. But it is kind of weird how, you know, should the universities handle it? Should these external factors handle it? And I feel like... Maybe I'm wrong on this, but the universities wouldn't really want to give up that sum of money because they could use it elsewhere when they could just have these external organizations do it. I mean, what's your take on that, Bill?
5: Well, I think it's all going to be partnerships in some way, shape or another. I mean, the University of Nebraska and the University of Oklahoma and the University of Oregon, they're all going to have to be understanding where the money is going. Collectives will probably go under the auspices and, and under the athletic department umbrella, perhaps. So it's not just this separate entity that you get to work with. There may be more control by the athletic departments over the collectives so that everybody is on the same page and it's not that you are cutting this deal with this uh, collective over here and then you're gonna be a university employee and then you've got donors and all of these areas of money coming in. I think that that the athletic departments are going to have to get a handle on it right, and have athletic directors and CEOs and CFOs and whomever so that it is not uncontrolled and that they can at least control it the best that they can. But I think this Virginia, Tennessee thing is a huge day that you're going to have, you're going to have free agency with high school kids cutting deals before they sign national letters of intent. And then the universities are going to have to say, okay. It's a two-year deal or it's a three-year deal or whatever so that you are tied in, so that you can't all of a sudden transfer a portal out because somebody's tampering with you and saying, hey, we know you've got a one-year deal with Nebraska for X amount of dollars. They can talk to you whenever and tamper with you, perhaps. I, I don't know, but I, again, this has all come down. But Do you can start cutting deals. When you know your one-year deal is winding down and somebody else knows that, then Thank negotiations you. begin again
2: bill 30 seconds i uh, believe title nine how do you navigate that it's one thing to pay the football it's one thing to pay the volleyball how do you make enough money for everybody do you have different tiers of earnings
5: i i think that's for this that's for people who might be as smart as me i don't know um i i think i think uh i think the good the, the fortunate thing for Nebraska people is Nebraska has always put an emphasis on its women's athletic programs, and I don't think Nebraska women's athletics are going to get left behind uh, in this regard. So I think that, for for me, when that when I hear that question, I think Nebraska is probably going to cover that base pretty well. But it's all an issue right now, isn't it? And uh, I think Nebraska though is all in on what the whatever the game is going to be. Nebraska wants to play.
2: Bride of Fairberry, Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity. Billy D, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for jumping on, brother. All right, boys. Go Big Red. Have a good weekend. All right, there he is. Bill Dolman with us. Good to spend time with him. We're here at Southwest, West Side, and the Silverhawks. Who gets to state? We'll talk some Husker baseball, Husker legend, and World Series champ Java Chamberlain next on Hale Varsity.
5: And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow continues,
2: at Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Logger. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark, it is full pregame mode here between Westside and Southwest. Jabba Chamberlain is two feet from me, but I'm gonna have to use the silent count to audible to him with uh, with what we're doing. I'm gonna wave at him. <laughs> Hi Jabba, how are you? Uh, let's, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I think you just said, hey, I'm good. But uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbalcotter Clark. Let's get into some uh, Nebraska baseball, and Jabba, get your get your take on on Cristo, his outing, how that sets the table, and, and a big seven-two win last night for Nebraska at Grand Canyon.
6: Well, I think it was huge just for the Bears' backfield. The thing that I, I think was huge was his runs, the way he held up, and was literally able to throw a zero after we score those runs early in the fourth inning when we got that three spot. So him being able to throw a zero up after that and keep the momentum of us of, of scoring those runs. Why are they so loud? Holy cow. Yeah, it's 30 minutes to go in the game. What are we doing? We're practicing.
3: <laughs> Be- being a former member of band, it is important to get your lips warmed up before a long night of
2: playing.
6: Uh, I won't. I won't go there, Tyson. So uh, you can keep that.
2: Trust me. Trust we're we're going to audible. Love, you want a headset? I'll get you a headset. I, mean, I, w- I would appreciate that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Connor. No, <laughs> so. You keep listening. Uh, this is live radio. This is awesome. Uh, Jabba Chamberlain's with us here on Hail Varsity, and uh, I will get Jabba a headset here. Go ahead and mute yours. Yeah, yeah, we're we're good there. Yeah, we're okay. muted. We're, we're, we're just awaiting the,
3: live the connection. Okay. So we'll I'm this sure connection. this is going great for the listeners I, I that are sure are too. sitting at home
4: i mean this is so radio anyway, for you is trying to give java a headset while elijah is trying to commentate over it and i'm also trying to do the same thing we could do play-by-play as Schmidt looks
3: confused at a couple of cables oh no that's the never a good look to is have
4: nodded in a way that he's never seen before and i don't know how he's going to get out of this one it's, it's
3: like a pair of corded that. headphones that you've left in your pocket and somehow yeah. three new knots have formed and you don't quite know how that's the point we're at here as He's straightened the cords out. We're <laughs> plugging in. It's going well. We're getting closer and we're, closer we're here like to getting Java on there. the air. And it's, it's a testament to the Southwest band, really. Uh, some people would... Not having a band background be thrown off by this. I am not in that camp. You want your band to be loud at a high school basketball game. It's about bringing the juice, bringing the energy. The Southwest band, one of the best in Lincoln. I'll always stump for the Lincoln Southeast basketball band being a former member, but Southwest is up there as well. We love the great bands in the city of Lincoln. It really brings that environment uh, that you want at a high school basketball what, game, and that's what we're looking for tonight. it trip to stay on the line. We want the energy. What was your favorite song to play while in band, Elijah? Long Train Runnin'. It's an old Doobie Brothers song. (laughs) Great. Uh, Then we also did Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. That was a good one as well. The rhythm section was really featured in that one. Uh... I mean, too many sister golden hairs up there. That was great. And then you always have to go makes me wonder by Maroon 5. James Valentine, mm. the guitarist for Maroon 5, being a former member of the Southeast basketball band. He actually came back and really? played with the basketball band, played that song knowing his guitar part. I assume like it's uh, it's nothing to him. He came back and played. So
4: that one's up there too with, with Valentine being a, a former Southeast knight. I have learned something new today. I did, I did not know that Lincoln Southeast had Maroon 5 ties, but here we are.
3: Yes, yes, uh, the more you know. And maybe that's uh, the first you hear this back at home, as well as I believe Java? we have Java. We got you? No. No, no, something on the setup here is not quite right.
2: Better now?
6: No, I can hear you on the computer. I can't hear you in the well,
2: headset. Well, we, we can hear you. Yeah, you can. But talk. you can't hear us?
6: Yeah, on here. Okay, well, <laughs> anywho,
2: that's well, on tomorrow. That's on tomorrow for Nebraska.
6: Um, I, I think it's gonna be something where we,
2: golly,
6: <laughs> um, just keep you're, you're good. Just keep the momentum because I mean, like like they said when we when we get off to a good start, the the tone setter is is who goes out and, and gets us going, and you know Drew going into this, giving us six innings, I think is is huge, and then as Elijah stated earlier on our broadcast it was. You know, talking about how Tyler Stone needed to step up, and he came out, and he had three huge RBIs. You know, we were able to keep the momentum after we came, came out with those runs to be able to keep the momentum and throw a zero up after that. And one of the things,
3: Jabba, that you saw confidence, I think you saw in that game last night, uh, that Husker baseball team all the way through looked like a confident group. And it started with Drew Cristo on the bump with some confident innings. He was able to work through a couple of walks early in that one, dealt with some runners in scoring position, worked his way through that. You saw the confidence on the mountain. I think it translated to that team as a whole that despite the fact that offensively, I don't think they had what they wanted, uh, swinging and missing early in that one through the first couple of innings, they stepped up, they showed confidence all the way through. And that, that confidence was shown in the final score that that team, you know what they battled all the way through, and, and they, the confidence building is what I'm looking for this weekend.
6: Yeah, and I think they they did that from start to finish. Yeah, it, obviously, offensively probably not where they wanted to see, but you, you you score seven, only give up two, that that's gonna win, and you, you get that guy in. And I love the confidence they're showing, Tucker Timmerman. I love the confidence that they're showing to being able to put him in in early situations where maybe not super high leverage, but they're giving him the opportunity to go show and and see what he can do. And he's done a fantastic job. And I I think, you know, this is is the opportunities that he needs to be able to build confidence, especially coming in as a freshman and and seeing what he's able to do. I mean, we showed what we can do against, you know, an All-American, in what Grand Canyon State had. And I I think, you know, that that's just going to exude confidence in the things that we've we've done. And and like you said, Elijah, just
4: just continue to build confidence. Jabba, what's that mental side looking like when you get walked off in your last game and then you come on the road and you beat Grand Canyon in the way you did? How does that switch flip from game to game?
6: Um, I think I think you just need to make sure like we've talked about before, where every game matters. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter, you know, the the stature or the name of, of who your opponent is. You got to go play your game. We got to do the things that we got to do. You know, obviously, you know, two heartbreaking losses when very well could have gone three and zero in that weekend. And you know, you go one for eleven with runners in scoring position in one game, and then we we give it up in the ninth inning. So. You know, very well could be a different story, but I, I think it's just being able to create that momentum and that confidence to understand that we do this and we play our game no matter who we're playing, and I think they need to understand that.
2: at Chamberlain's with us here, Hale Varsity Road Show, Southwest and West Side for the girls' district final. The drum line has <laughs> taken a knee for a moment. We're able to uh, to communicate a little bit, which is good. Sears goes tonight. He was fantastic. Got the no decision to open the season. How can he build off that first outing confidence? Yes, but his stuff was nice. Not only his fastball, but Java. You talk about it with Coach Childress, his, uh, his count dominance. He was really good to get up you know, 1-0 uh, on batters, 2-2-1, make that 1-2 with uh, the pitch count. He was he was pretty impressive.
6: Yeah, I think he just continues to – you spoke too soon, by the way, Schmitty. Um <laughs> No, I think he continues just carrying that momentum of what he did in Game 1 into this series, and – to not try and do too much he saw he saw what he could do he understood what it was and he didn't try to do we all know he's not going to throw 98 like we all know that but he went and pitched his game he got ahead he got early early count contact and won the situational counts in the 00-11 counts And I think he just continues to build on that confidence, especially against the team that he faced initially. But that's where it goes back to exactly what Connor asked, is how how do you keep that knowing you're not, you know, Grand Canyon State isn't a Baylor. It's not a Texas Tech that's in the top 25. And it's just making sure that you have those mentalities and everything. And he just goes out and builds on what he has now. And... You know, coming off one, yeah, it's 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 a great start, but you're only as good as your last outing. And if you go out and lay an egg here, but I think just the confidence that he showed and and what he did and didn't try to do too much, I think he just builds off of that. And Java, as a former pitcher, what does it mean to you if, if a guy like Sears
3: goes out tonight and has a good another good performance? How does that set the table for your season if your first two starts
6: of the year are quality starts? It turns into something where that, that builds confidence. It, 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 and I would never want to be that guy that says this, but I had two great outings and I became a Friday night starter for two years. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, Zach Kronike from, from Millard South was literally our guy. Who was supposed to be a top three-round draft pick. I went out and I had two great outings against Hawaii and then against Rice and then i was national pitcher of the week against new mexico and next thing you know i'm the friday night guy and then johnny comes in from grand island and dorn and then he decides to go ahead and do his thing and so it is it, it it builds momentum of what these guys believe in and what they understand because now it's like okay we're going to play against this competition this is exactly what i think i can do and that's why you never know these early these early tournaments are so big in how they decide to do in how the weekend shapes up
2: java chamberlain with us on site it's hail varsity radio road show here at southwest and you hear the southwest pep band <laughs> rocking <laughs> and rolling Java is uh, on location with us, Elijah Herbal with me, Connor Clark in studio. Java, uh, we have about uh, 60 seconds left till uh, we got to get out. Hang tight if you want. We've got the Friday forecast coming up with uh, the infamous Klausberg. Right. He's imaginary and he wears red. <laughs> so we'll uh, for sure have some basketball predictions and uh, move forward that way. Thanks for some analysis, as always, on Husker Baseball. Catch is pod. I'm a part of that. So's Elijah. Triple play uh, podcast with Herd at Sports. Subscribe to it. Like it. And uh, check it out on Twitter at the Trip Play Pod or Triple Play uh, when it comes to the YouTube channel. Uh, all sorts of great stuff on Nebraska and Major League Baseball. We'll wind out a roadshow Friday forecast on the way with Hale
5: Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale
2: Varsity Roadshow. Here at Southwest, West Side and Southwest for who goes to state. The A-2 district final will have that here locally on KFOR. The band is rocking on some no-dos. <laughs> they are drum line in the way. Texas A&M is jealous of the Southwest drum line. If you're listening... God love you if you're still trying. God love you, Brandon says. I love you guys. I can't do the band tonight. Have a good weekend. We'll be back for the weekend edition tomorrow morning at seven thirty.
3: Dear God, seven forty-five, please. All right, Elijah well, says seven forty-five on the
4: Hail
2: City you YouTube.
4: Be at home or will you be there with the drum line?
2: We'll, we'll be we'll be at the uh, the friendly confines. I will go find a drumline though. Okay. No. No. Uh, <laughs> That's Potter, a, a Potter, hard pass. Yes, Cotter has <laughs> navigated to keep us on the air. The mother of all option pitch fumbles, me trying to put a headset together for Java, so thank you for, for the hilarity uh, on my end. So let's get to the Friday forecast and we'll do some picks. And we welcome in the infamous Clausburn. He's imaginary. And he wears red, as uh, we say. Hi to Claus. Claus, can you hear us? How are you? Well, first of all, that drum line is
7: pretty, pretty loud. But say hi to Nick Cannon for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will. Uh, what we might and do. Second of
7: all, I want to apologize for not being able to be on the program last week. I was traveling through the great state of Texas and had bad reception, though. It was nice to be in Texas and not have it be for an Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, a cotton bowl, or listening to Dan Beebe tell me why burnt orange is really the
2: perfect color. So I apologize for my absence. No worries, we're gonna get the forecast. Roland Jabba's is gonna jump in with some predictions as well. And uh, it'll be college basketball flavor, a little Big 12 to start. Houston. Minus two-and-a-half at Baylor the last time Houston went on the road against uh, this highly-ranked opponent. Uh, they got hammered. Something fierce in Lawrence by Kansas. Baylor's playing really good basketball. They've climbed the poles. They've climbed the rankings. But this is a absolute warm-up for Kelvin and his crew. And I think Houston survives somehow. And uh, they're going to do their thing. They're going to be... Uh, infuriating on the defensive side. They'll score enough offensively. Give me the Cougars 65. Give me Baylor 61.
3: Yeah, uh, I got three words for you here. Trapezoid of excellence. <laughs> Houston ranks highly in the trapezoid of excellence. I'll take the Cougars 69 to 64.
2: Uh, Connor, what do you say?
4: Yeah, I watched that Houston game the other night um, against Iowa State. Their defense is absolutely phenomenal. I expect more of the same, and I don't think Baylor is as good as Kansas. Give me Houston on the road, I'll go 72-65 over the Bears.
2: Jabba, where are you leaning?
6: I think watching how fast their defense was, I think that two and a half is easy. I'm gonna go 69-62. Okay,
2: Houston. Yes. And Claus, what do you like here, the Cougars or the Bears?
7: Well, I'll admit I don't watch a whole lot of college basketball, so <clears throat> I looked up some of Houston's scores, and they're they've got an offense that's liable to go off for over eighty at any given time. And so, historically, when someone with that much firepower comes into Waco, it doesn't go well for the locals. So, I'm going to take Houston in this one, one, eighty-one, and Baylor seventy-five.
2: Claws is, is going. has <laughs> got going, head and hands. It's going with with Houston. Moving on to the great state of Kentucky, bluegrass nation, uh, and uh, you have the uh, the cats that need to get on the the mojo for March. Bama has been tremendous. Kentucky, a big win on the road earlier this week. I think they. Hold serve and cover at home. I like Kentucky by about five, 79 74 over a really talented Alabama squad. But give me Kala Perry and the Cats at home, Elijah.
3: The one thing I like about Alabama here is how quickly they move offensively. I think they can get out early in this one and throw the first punch against Kentucky. I like Bama, Kentucky hasn't impressed me all that much over the past couple of weeks. Maybe they have a a get-right spot potentially, uh, some extra motivation after a loss to LSU, but I I like Bama a little bit too much in this one. Give me the tide to go in to Kentucky and get the win,
4: 83 to 79. Connor, what do you got? Kentucky likes to score a ton at home. I think they will do so again. And they need that get back from that heartbreaker at LSU. I'm going to go Kentucky 87 and Alabama 81.
2: Jabba, what's up? Kentucky or
4: Bama? I think
6: what they're doing, I think given the points and whatever at home, I think they have a bounce back. It is 83 to 78.
2: Kate, the Cats cover. Claus, what do you like here? Kentucky or Bama?
7: Well, I like Kentucky, but as recent history has shown us, it really doesn't matter because Kirk Herbstreit can just come in and declare that Alabama was better. So <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Cool. Wow. That was a good poll. That was a good one. <laughs> I'll take Kentucky in this one, 79. And uh, the fight in Herb Street,
4: 74.
2: <laughs> same score, Claus. I like it. You and me on the same page. Does Alabama have to be good at everything? they they got us. He's really pretty good. Good Lord. Ohio State is at Michigan State. We're going to say that line for Sparty's seven and a half. Ohio State still flirting with life. Um, Michigan State needs to figure it out. They got whacked by Iowa at home. Give me Sparty. And give me Sparty 80 to 70, a 10-point win over the Buckeyes, Elijah.
3: Yeah, I, I think Ohio State's been playing better since Holtman was let go. That being said, they're a good team, and you need to be a great team to go into East Lansing and take down Michigan State, especially with how this Spartan squad has come on late in the season. Uh, I gotta go with Michigan State in this one. I think Ohio State needs to come back down to earth at some point. I think this is that time. I got Michigan State winning this one big, 84 to 69. Oh,
2: Connor, what do you got?
4: Oh, So what I'm hearing is Iowa is a great team, according to one Elijah Herbal. <laughs> I don't think, quote me on that. I think Michigan State gets it done. I think they cover against Ohio State. They're probably going to be PO'd after that Iowa loss at home. I'm going to go Michigan State 82 and Ohio State 70.
6: Jabba, what do you got? I I don't think it's that big. I I, I think you get the Spartys by eight, and I'm going to go 72 to 60.
2: Claus, what do you say here, Michigan State or Ohio State? Well, first of
7: all, is this the Jabba we're talking to, as in Chamberlain, as in the former Nebraska great?
2: It is, yeah, (laughs) Claus.
7: Okay, Jabba, wasn't the night that you got attacked by every insect as if God hated Cleveland? Wasn't that in Cleveland?
6: it, It definitely was, 2007.
7: Well, then we'll get the spirit of another Husker legend, Bob Devaney, to use his magic to get his old school to take revenge on the entire state of Ohio. Barton's 84, Buckeye's 68. Perfect.
2: All right, we will have our Nebraska Minnesota prediction here on the other side. The forecast continues. Claus, are you good with that? Okay. Right, more from Claus, more from Southwest. Hail, Varsity. Roadshow Friday. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Roadshow in the A2 District Final West Side here at Southwest. Quishmith, Elijah, Herbal, Connor, Clark, at Chamberlain, Clausburn with us for the forecast. Let's get rolling as Nebraska, Minnesota. Huskers hosting the GOATs. We'll say six and a half Nebraska favored. We'll go with that number conservatively. Uh, Nebraska keeps the magic going. The confidence continues. PBA sold out. It's 70 degrees. It's rocking. Nebraska gets a hard-fought win and outlasts Minnesota. Give me the big red and the kiss of death. I'm sorry, Nebraska basketball fan. (laughs) Give me Nebraska 78, Minnesota 65. I think it's a little closer, but I think the big red prevails, Elijah. This team at home, we've talked about it. It's different. And
3: the added bit of motivation that they have, they've already lost this Minnesota team once in a really, really disappointing fashion. I think if you saw that game, you know, on paper, Nebraska's the better team. They didn't show it whenever they played up in Minneapolis. They have another chance to to prove everybody wrong and get them back here at home. I think they do just that. I think they have a lot of motivation. I think they know the task to finish up and get a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Give me Nebraska by 10, 80 to 70.
2: Connor.
4: I think both teams are playing better than they were from their first meeting. That being said, Nebraska is different at home, as Elijah said. I think the Huskers get to 17 and one at the vault. They win 77 to 70. Chaba, what do you say? Connor, that was close. I'm I'm going Huskers
2: 78-70. And, oh, there you and, go. and move us at the vault to, uh, to get that double round by. Claus, just so you know, it is Western night here at Southwest. <laughs> What's your take here? What happens? Nebraska Minnesota basketball Sunday at PBA, bud.
6: Claus, don't blame it. It was my son's decision.
7: Well, we'll we'll go ahead and forgive the little ones, but you gotta start doing a better job of the parenting on that deal, so I'm trying. I'm
2: trying.
7: (laughs) Well, as far as this basketball game goes. I don't think it's a particularly good matchup for Minnesota. I know they beat us on the road, but this game is at home. And we've got the Samurai of Swish, the South Carolina Assassin, and the Dutch Chocolate. I'm I'm workshopping that one. I apologize. (laughs) The Dutch Chocolate? (laughs) I don't think that one's sticking. (laughs) It's
2: it's, it's the Dutch oven, Claus. Can we put,
7: put that on a shirt? I'm sure your wife has experienced that a time or two. But all Minnesota has is Lutheran churches, walleye, and cream of mushroom soup on top of everything. So I'll take Nebraska 78 and Minnesota 69.
2: Claus, we love you. That was good. We'll check in with you next week, all right? (laughs) Okay. There he goes, (laughs) Claus Spotify, iTunes, Google Play where you can find the podcast with Hale Varsity Radio. iTunes, give us a subscription and a like. Tell your buddies about it. Can watch the show with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Find Elijah at Herbal Essence. Find Connor Clark at C underscore Clark underscore 27 at Schmidt underscore radio at Java underscore 44. Java Chamberlain, his podcast, uh, the Triple Play podcast. And Back tomorrow morning. Jabba, thanks for popping by, bud. Good to yeah, see you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. All right. Uh, Elijah and I will have basketball locally here on KFOR uh, at uh, a little bit after 6. rest of you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 745, with the Weekend Edition on the Hale City YouTube channel. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, we'll be back at you. Minnata. See ya.